Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Finds Gobert. Gobert fakes the pass to Hood. Now gives it out to Rodney. Wide open. Come on, kid. Got it! Jazz lead! They call it a... They call it a three. Jazz lead for the first time in the series. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 8th of May. Is tonight the final night of the season. We'll look back at the big game three, look ahead to game four, and fire it up on a locked on jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's edition of Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Hope you're good. I'm uh, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider, and we do this for you every single day, Monday through Friday. You can subscribe on iTunes or on your Android device to grab the show. Uh, We'll look back at uh, what was a really, really good Game 3 and look ahead to Game 4 tonight. Hopefully you're planning to come out and cheer on the Jazz uh, as we get rolling. My voice is a little beaten up, so I apologize. There'll be a few seconds where I stop to sip some water and maybe even drink some morning coffee. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Bloom That, as well as SeatGeek. These two things will answer you. Uh, SeatGeek will answer other. Bloom That can help you out with all your Mother's Day uh, needs along the way. All right, let's start it off with uh, our pins across uh, the world. By the way, I I hope... uh, I hope whoever uh, that that won the the fun event that Murdoch put on had a wonderful, wonderful day um, the other day. Pins across the world is our little stop along uh, a journey to uh, find out where you are, who you are, how you listen to the program, and uh, how you became a jazz fan. So feel free, before we wrap this all up, to send in a pin at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock Zero nine at gmail dot com. Every now and then I go into the archives because just kind of pick something randomly. I think it'd be really fun to to grab an old one. I've tra- we've done so many of them, uh, and you never know. Sometimes those old ones. So let's. I'm actually going through the random uh, generator right now of all of them, and boom, what do we got? My name is Chase Anderson. You can find put a pin in Burley, Idaho. First off, I want to say I really appreciate your knowledge, insight, and passion. Also, your willingness to share your knowledge. I listen to your podcast every day while working. It makes my days go better. Growing up, I made a mistake like many others. I rooted for MJ-led bulls. I'm ashamed of my mistake now, and I think I was trying to spite my dad who liked the Jazz. And what I'm telling you, and the reason that we've – this really, you know, every now and then there's monumental moments – uh, on the show where we have life lessons. And really the reason we ended up on this random 
basically grabbing Chase Anderson's today is because of the fact that, for those of you that are growing up Warrior fans, we're telling you you're going to regret it. Ever since I turned 21, I've watched nearly every game, writes Chase, uh, with a lot of thanks to TiVo. Most recently, the past two seasons, I've become a season ticket holder, making it to about 10 games. I married a woman who did not like sports at all. However, I started taking her to live jazz games. She loved the atmosphere that is present at the now Viv and the passion of great fans of Utah. Those experiences slowly helped my wife become a jazz fan, too. We now have a two-year-old son who thinks any basketball game is jazz. Jazz. Going to jazz games is a family activity and helped us bond together. So, Chase Anderson with a nice story there, telling us a little bit about his uh, family, his Burley, Idaho, and how you should never be a Warrior fan. All right, let's get right to it uh, and move back to Game 3. Obviously, this was the Durant game. And this, to some extent, is where the Warriors this year are dramatically different uh, than what they've been in the past. Because when... Clay Thompson and Steph Curry had bad nights in the past, as they did on Saturday night. The Warriors, this was the rarity when the Warriors lost. Steph goes 6 of 20, Clay goes 1 of 9, and Kevin Durant goes 15 of 26 for 38 points and 13 rebounds. And most of those shots were by the definition of stats view were contested. And he just was too dang good. And Curry... And Durant score the final 20 while the Jazz wear down down the stretch. Um, I do think there's a fatigue factor to playing these guys that when you get late in the game, particularly when Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson are combined 4 of 20 and there aren't a lot of offensive options, uh, I do think that there's a fatigue factor that happens to you, and I think that's what happened to the Jazz uh, in the fourth quarter where they scored just 21 points and did not shoot. Uh, particularly well. Uh, I, I will say, I thought Quinn Snyder might have been as good as I've ever seen him in Game 3. Uh, usually, I think his brilliance is largely built on game planning, and, and maybe there were some game planning changes, and they've done some game planning things. I, I thought the tougher one for him, though, was trying to figure out who to use. I mean, he just doesn't have... Excuse me. He just doesn't have... 48 minutes worth of five guys playing well right now. And, you know, he's trying to piece it all together in some capacity. And I thought it was an admirable effort. Uh, when, Ro- you know, Rodney is pretty vital. Rodney and Joe are pretty vital to what's going on uh, for the Jazz, particularly in this series and how they're built offensively. And the playoffs have just not been kind to Rod. It's too bad. Uh, and the Jazz have not been very good when he's on the floor. In fact, uh, in the last five games of the playoffs, in which the Jazz are only one and four, right? They've lost three to the Warriors. Um, the Jazz are minus 52 with Rodney Hood on the floor. He's vital to our success, and it just has not been going his way, unfortunately. Uh, and so when you don't have that and you're trying to piece it together and, and – figure out how you're going to get through 48 minutes of basketball. I, I thought that effort was – that work by Quinn was was pretty kind of just mixing and matching and seeing what he could get. Um, 29 minutes out of Joe Ingles, who had a better, little bit better game. Uh, D out, 26 minutes out of Boris. was, And Boris has been the exact opposite, by the way. Boris is plus every night. 
you know, I, I think you can you can get lost in plus minus a little bit. Though I, uh, I do like it. Uh, I do think you can get lost night to night into it a bit. Uh, but there's something to be said for what Boris has been doing in these playoffs. Just how, first of all, he's playing, shooting much better. But the Jazz in the in the playoffs uh, in the last seven games, the Jazz are positive in every game in, but one when Boris has been on the floor. And that was a minus four in a loss to the Warriors. I mean, Boris is, in those in those last games, he is positive 31. Jazz are three and five in those games. He's really just played such a smart game, finds a way to make things work. And Jazz threw him back in the starting lineup. That seemed to give them a better start. He just makes smart plays. He understands, I think, more than anything else. What he does is he understands the defensive game plan at a very high level and executed that game plan uh, very, very well uh, for the Jazz in uh, numerous times. When I went back and actually rewatched and re-listened to the broadcast, uh, I, I talked about it on the broadcast. also could see it when I rewatched the game and – so, seriously, uh, I thought Quinn was just masterful. I thought the Jazz gave every ounce of everything they had and played Game 3 at the highest of levels. I'll, I'll build off that in a second, but if you want to have uh, a good Mother's Day, uh, let me tell you about Bloom That. So, they send us, uh, us being me and my wife, flowers so we can experience it. It's It's blown my wife away. She thinks it's the nicest uh, bouquet of flowers uh, that we've ever received. They last long. And there's reasons that Bloom That, B-L-O-O-M-T-H-A-T, are so great. One is they're arranged by a designer. Uh, They're not picked until the order is made. And then for you, don't worry, the website's easy. It's pretty convenient. Uh, uh, So you... You fire through, go to bloomthat.com slash NBA. Go through, price uh, your gorgeous bouquet, and then it'll be hand-picked uh, and designed immediately for you. Plus, they'll give you a designer vase uh, and handmade caramel treats. Uh, so those are free for you by using bloomthat.com. Actually, I think you should be using bloomthat.com dot com slash jazz but let me check i just realized i gave you um i may have given you the wrong promo code there yeah bloom that dot com slash jazz bloom that dot com slash jazz frankly you can use either and they'll work they'll both work so bloom that dot com slash jazz is uh the way to get you'll be surprised how long they last because they're handpicked um once your order is made uh and it will be You'll be really, really impressed. I, I, my wife could come on right now if she wasn't sleeping and tell you that these are the best she's seen. So if you're going to do Mother's Day flowers, I would strongly suggest bloomthat.com slash jazz and uh, see if you've had the same experience that we've had because we've been really, really impressed. Um, bloomthat.com slash jazz. That's what I'll be doing uh, for my wife uh, since she likes them so much. All right, uh, overall, let's go kind of back to where it was. I, I just, you know, tonight's a night for me where the chances of us getting game six at home are limited, right? There's a chance we win tonight, but the chance we're going to go win game five uh, in a building where they've lost, you know, few, few times. 
in the last three years. Tonight's the night to show appreciation. Tonight's the night to, to come out, fire up, love the fact we get to see these guys, and maybe we get another night of entertainment. Maybe they can pull something off so we can have one more night of entertainment. We don't have to say goodbye to this group. Um, I heard one longtime jazz person who's been is around the organization told someone that this is his uh, favorite group, 1 through 15, of people, of character, uh, which really was a telling comment to me. I was... Um, I was a bit surprised to hear that. Not because I thought I just thought we've had other groups. They're great. Also, I was surprised somebody would single these guys out. But that behind the scenes, that tells you an awful lot of of what this group is, who they stand for, how they've conducted themselves in a year of tumultuous uh, difficulties with injuries and everything else. Uh, pretty awesome to hear. But this is really the night I think to come out and appreciate what has been the revival of jazz basketball in Salt Lake City. Unlikely we're winning the series, but it was unlikely we're winning the series when it started. Unlikely we were winning a game if George Hill wasn't going to be right. You know, that's a crusher. Uh, and I think, uh, so tonight you just you just come out almost like it's Thanksgiving. You know, hey, I got another night to cheer on and thank my guys uh, that I've cheered for all season long. And it uh, seems like a really a great night to do it. And maybe they'll, Maybe they'll come through and give us one more night of, of entertainment. Uh, so let me touch on two big, well, one big picture, one just something I shouldn't probably do, which is react to Twitter idiocy. I, I think the big picture from the jazz standpoint and probably would be talked about best rather than tomorrow rather than X's and O's today, but is how great Gordon and Rudy have been in the playoffs. I think it's a really, really big deal. You know, there's a question that happens in this process of as the – as the ante gets tougher, how do guys react? And, you know, Rudy Gobert averaged 14 points, 13 rebounds, was a dominating force during the regular season. And now when teams have time to prepare for him and and what is he going to be able to do? And he's been just as dominating, just as terrific. In fact, uh, it's harder for him to impact the game at the rim because these guys are better because they're building game plans around it. Yet he still has an impact around the rim. Uh, moreover, he is still getting to the basket. His impact on the game is still tremendous. And he's had to work a great deal harder than I think he's ever had to do it before. And he's been nicked up. So the Rudy, to me, has been terrific. If you take out the game in which he was injured, uh and you know you almost then even could take out the seventh the game where he played just twenty three minutes on his return, and frankly, you should take out the game where the officials screwed him uh and he only played thirteen minutes if those other six games he's averaging fifteen points, twelve rebounds, and shooting sixty nine percent you know the only thing that's a little off is his free throw shooting, but he's been every bit as terrific as he was in the regular season, his impact of the games in the same manner has kept us in games. And then Gordon's been exceptional. Gordon is a different and better player today than he was when the playoffs started. And I think he'll be a different player next year. I think he'll be more dominating. I think he'll be more uh, forceful. I think he's learned once again. I think while we've watched him – 
grow up and become better every day, I think he's seen himself do it as well. And to me, that's maybe the most exciting aspect of Gordon is that for the first time, I actually think there's another step for him. It's just a knowledge and understanding of how great he can be. I used to think that he had kind of reached his limit, but now I think he's gone further. He's got a chance to go further. Largely, only now that he, I think if just a strut and a confidence and a uh, his game's better, but I think he also has learned how to completely under uh, exp, you know figured out how to uh, impact games. Uh, the the work that he has put in in the weight room, but also in preparation, and, and we've talked about this before. It's now this because we've talked about it, it's kind of out. Um, you know, Gordon has been using this preparation book based on watching Peyton Manning documentary about uh, watching film and how to watch film. And one of the most impressive, or the most impressive thing to me, he's done all playoffs is his ability to get better every single game against opponents whose entire game plan is built to stop him. And yet he's still able to get his shots, get going, um, and and impact games in a positive, dominating fashion, both as a great teammate. I mean, he made some incredible passes the other day. And frankly, he made two great passes late. Boris missed one shot. Joe Johnson missed the other. That would have stemmed a little bit of the Jazz problem offensively in the fourth quarter. That was a huge sequence in the game where the Jazz came down, got two wide-open looks off Gordon's actions. Boris missed and Joe Johnson missed. In the meantime, Steph and Durant can't miss on the other side. And when and that swung the game. But So Gordon is having the impact of the game both of just you know, 14 free throw attempts the other night, but six assists. Uh, he's doing everything, and if you go look at his workload numbers, they are just much, much larger than everyone else. My point of this is that Hayward and Gobert are pieces that this franchise can build around and manufacture the rest of the roster around in, and win a lot of basketball games uh, moving forward. Obviously, you got to re-sign Gordon. Uh, I think you've got to be optimistic about that. Not... not uh, negligent but optimistic you the last you know you've done what you can do and if he and i think it's hard in free agency the incumbent has the scars you'll hear me talk about that a lot for the next month or two uh but i think the jazz have done and shown great prospect and and if this is a place he wants to come back to and is interested in returning uh i would think that they would be able to get you know they're they're not going to cheat they're going to offer him everything they can they probably wish they did that the first time but they will now and uh, we'll see if what happens, but if he returns, I do believe uh, that this is a this is these that two those two Hayward and Gobert, and then you got to figure out what what fits around there. Um, I I don't I think this is Twitter volume, not most fans, but I do want to kind of jump in there because there are some people actually that are doing a lot of this who I respect pretty highly. The killing of Shelvin Mack is frankly just stupid, honestly. It's really, like, I guess you got to have some. I mean, I, I guess there's an emotion as a fan where after a game you feel like you got to hate on somebody because it makes you feel better. Like if you just accept you lost, like I did the other night, then you're just so depressed that you, that you. So I guess you just hate on someone and it makes you feel better. Like I don't get it. Shelvin Mack's not particularly great. 
But, like, why bag on the dude who's busting his butt, who was a third-string point guard when he got to the Jets, who was a second-round draft pick, who'd been released twice, who is gaming it out there against a two-time MVP? Like, where do you get off with this? And then I don't really – I mean, I guess it's a love of Dante that everybody wants to see Dante – and so anytime Shelvin's on the floor, it's a minute that Dante's not playing, and and that's driving it. So can we just have an honest conversation about Dante for a second? I still think he's gonna got a chance to be really good. His explosion to the basket is why he got drafted fifth. Um, is There's not probably five other guys in the league that have it. He has not had an offseason of basketball yet. So... How he works this year is going to be really, really interesting. But, like, I think some people have kind of, like, missed the boat on, like, what his year was this year. I mean, I, I think Dante's got a chance, but, like, there's limit. I don't, I'm not going to dig into beating Dante up. It doesn't do me any good and doesn't you do any good. But, like... There's limits on what he's kind of capable of right now. Um, I mean, he he finished the year, like the last three games of the year, he went four of 20 from the field and one of 10 from three. Like, we're at a stage, which is fine with Dante, where we just don't care if he makes a mistake. We only see the things he does well, which is great. Like, that's probably how we should be. But that doesn't actually work in the playoffs. And I've heard some people say, well, you got to play Shelvin because he might not be on the team next year. And Dante, well, you start trying to develop talent in the playoffs, you'll lose your entire roster. Gordon Hayward will just be somewhere else. Like, I promise you on that one, guys. You as a head coach decide to develop players during the playoffs, you'll, you'll just lose y- your team forever. So there's a... I'm still very high on what Dante can do. I want, I'm want. i excited for him to get an offseason where he actually can work on basketball. Um, but, like, I think we have a kind of a disconnect on our hope for Dante. What, what I think happens with Dante is so we watch him to see flashes of brilliance. He shows them, and then, but we don't care if he makes mistakes. And so then when we evaluate him, we just, it's it's kind of a faulty analysis point. Uh, I got a few other notes for you, but first let me tell you about SeatGeek. If you're looking to go to a game, a concert, or the summer, or a theater production, or something of the sort, SeatGeek is the place to go get your tickets. The great thing about SeatGeek is it's an app right on your phone, so all you have to do right now is go download SeatGeek onto your phone. Then it's there, available in one tap for you. It compiles all of the tickets from around the area in one location, so you don't have to go search for other places, go from one vendor to another, anything like that, try to compare. My favorite part about SeatGeek, particularly if you're traveling, is that SeatGeek goes and puts a ticket score on every single ticket that's coming up. So if you 
If I look at my popular events in Salt Lake, it's got tonight's game. It's got Man U versus Real Salt Lake. It's got Def Leppard. It's got Lady Gaga. It's got all sorts of really cool uh, events going on for you. And when you tap on it, it will tell you uh, where give you a grade for every ticket that's in the building and what's the best deal for you to purchase, which is just a really cool feature because then you don't have to worry about, you know, you can look at the map and say, okay, I want lower bowl, and then it shows you, oh, there's the biggest green dot, and so I can go lower bowl, and for $118, I got two tickets in row 26, and boom, I'm done. It's now on my phone and secured right there. If you use the promo code LOJAZZ, that's LOJAZZ, you get a $20 rebate sent to you after your first purchase with SeatGeek. So please... Use SeatGeek, L-O, and then promo code L-O-Jazz. So download the app now, go to the settings tab, and enter in L-O-Jazz. All right, uh, George Hill, we'll find out today at Shootaround whether there's any chance. Obviously, you know, we're just so much better when George plays, um, which is no surprising. You don't see a lot of teams without their starting point guard winning a lot of games in the semifinals of the playoffs. You're just, you know, come on, the teams are just so good. Um, I think we were 33-16 and 16 in the regular season uh, when he played. And which means we're about a 500 team when he's not. And that's, you know, so we're now 500 team going up against historically um, great team. Uh, interesting. Mac was so much better on the right side of the floor than the left side of the floor during the season. It was 54% from eight to 15 feet. That shot he has not made against the Warriors. And I don't think he made it against the Clippers either. Uh, that's kind of been his shot. That tells you a little bit about playoff basketball changes, the floor changes. You can see the opponents are forcing him left pretty uh, dramatically. Uh, continuing a few other notes. Rodney Hood is now shooting 36% from the seat for the series, 27% from threes, two of his last 22 from three, one for 13 in this series, uh, just two of 13 on pull-up threes, two of 12 in the first nine seconds of the shot clock shots. You know, he's the transition offense on that pull-up three. Um, 4 of 13 on wide-open three-point shots, 11 of 37, 30% when a defender is not within four feet. It's just not been a good stretch uh, for him. Uh, Joe Ingles, who changed his career with his ability to shoot off the bounce uh, this year. Joe Ingles went from last year shooting uh, 29% on off-the-bounce threes to 40% on off-the-bounce threes. This, in the playoffs, is one for 13 on pull-up threes. The game fa- game's faster, release is tougher. Um, pretty incredible. Gordon Hayward has three playoff games over 30 points. That's the same amount he had in 70, uh, in 82 games in 15-16, or whatever, 81, 80 games. He went over 30 13 times in 73 games. He's gone over 33 times and had 29 the other night. To me, that's just the sign of how different a player he's become. He's unbelievable at the free throw line. He is not, I think he's missed one free throw in a close game in the entire playoffs. He's 66 of 70 for the season. Joe Johnson against the Clippers in the paint. 29 of 45 from the field. And against the Warriors, 2 of 10. So from 60% to 20%. Uh, Boris has been great. Boris shooting 50% from three, making a ton of shots. Been just great. And we talked a lot about Rudy, who's just been masterful. All right, that is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back with you tomorrow, hopefully talking about a flight to San Francisco for a game five. Cheer the guys on today. Enjoy the... 
uh, fabulous season that we've had and uh, that we get to see them one more night. Uh, I think there could be a lot of great chance late in the late in the game uh, if it's not going our way of appreciation uh, for this group. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jazz Nation has planned. Uh, this has been Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.